Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 473, where Daleks will screech sweet nothings in your ears. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Glenn. <laughs> How are you guys? It reminds me of that um, Dalek meditation tape <laughs> <laughs> joke that was going around on the internet. Uh, I think Sean just reposted that the other day, didn't you, on Twitter or something? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I love that thing. It's always a nice, refreshing reminder. <laughs> you will relax. <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Tired, but good. Tired? Yeah, Liam didn't sleep too well last night, so I'm pretty tired. It's kind of rough when you got babies. Yeah. It's nice when they're teenagers. You can just either send them to bed or send yourself to bed and they can stay up all they want. <laughs> you do you, man. Yeah, you do you. Did you guys watch anything <laughs> or do anything this week? We finished She-Ra. I don't know if I talked about that or not. But, you, uh, you, took, and I, you said you were watching it, yeah. Shai and I were watching the uh, the DreamWorks uh, She-Ra Prin- she and the Princesses of Power on Netflix. And uh, it, it got to the point where even Mel had joined in for the last uh, handful of episodes because I was, you know, keeping her updated. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, pretty amazing. It was quite satisfactory for, you know, you wouldn't think, but it is. It was really, really good. I, it, it may have made me a little verklempt and brought a tear to my eye. Wow, that was uh, that was quality entertainment right there. I highly recommend it. I watched uh, Genesis of the Daleks, the omnibus cut, the 1975. What they what they kept calling the director's cut <laughs> when they released it for Fath, uh, was it Fathom Events? I say this oh, is the one we went yeah. and saw at the theater, right? Yeah, it's and it's the same one. I I had to do some digging because on the on the Blu-ray it does not they do not call it the director's cut. It's strictly called the omnibus uh, uh shown not seen since 1975 or yeah, 1975 I think. Um but it does not say director's cut anywhere and I thought oh well the, maybe that this isn't it, but I went and did some research online and it it's the exact same thing. So doesn't they call it director's cut on the box set though? No, like on the back of the box. No, <laughs> no. Oh, no I thought it did. No, I'm pretty sure it does. Only look again. I got it right here. Because again, I was very confused. No, TV movie version is what it's called. Uh, Genesis of the Daleks TV movie version. <laughs> it's still a different title than what's on the menu. <laughs> Unseen since broadcast in 1975. Which is a lie because we saw it in theaters. Well, uh, no, but be, because but it, 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 it was, out. yeah, it was in conjunction with the release of this set. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, unbroadcast since then, but not unseen. <laughs> I'm Mr. still confused by Mr. that story because Mr. Pedantic here. Well, you know, to me, an omnibus edition is it's all six episodes. We just got the commercials and the uh, the the intro and credits out. That's an omnibus. But you go ahead and call it a, a, a TV movie broadcast version. Isn't that <laughs> Isn't without credits? Isn't that what an omnibus actually is? Yeah, and isn't that's that why when you watch Glenn, well, that's, that's what, what I watched. What yeah, com- <laughs> no, that's what we kept complaining about was the fact that the the version that was released to theaters when we went to go see it. I, I know my memory is shot, but I distinctly remember this: 
they called it, oh, they're releasing the omnibus version of theaters. And I was like, all right, that's going to be awesome. But the running length was like 90 minutes because they had cut out all of the, the you know, Harry doesn't step in the crab and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you can't call this the omnibus edition because it's not the omnibus edition. Yeah, that's true. That was excised from this version as well. So, I mean, that's 10 minutes of them walking through a cave with the really, beside the point. really poor looking <laughs> crabs. <laughs> hey, those crabs look great. <laughs> At least there's not a chasm. Yeah, that's that's true. Why is it every, every Dalek, Dalek story has some long drawn out part that everybody remembers? Well, I'm telling you, staple. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely cannot wait for us to get to the animated series because episode four, nothing's going to happen. It's going to be so great. <laughs> uh, It'll be 10 minutes of animated nothing, and we'll be going, why? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I finally watched it, and I enjoyed it. I, I, it's it, it's kind of nice to be able to sit down and watch something that you've seen many, many times in one way and see it kind of trimmed up and done in a different way. And so I, I, I was fine with it. I think it was nice. It still conveys all the important parts of the story. We started watching season four of The Crown, which drops Sunday. <sighs> We're three episodes in, and so far it's good. It's a bit depressing this season, but this it's is, good. This is the one with uh, Princess Di and Prince Charles? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. I've seen a lot of advertisements for that. but Saint Olivia like Coleman is back for this season, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. This is should be her last season, because they're doing two seasons per actress. Because they're in the 80s. Next season, they should be in the 90s. If I think I remember that right. I think they do a decade a season. Well, should we talk about some news? Decent amount of news this week. Uh, if you played the Edge of Time, the VR game, there's a free update available to include Time Lord Victorious. So there's a fiendish new challenge, and you can experience the Tenth Doctor's console like never before. So you can fly the Tenth Doctor's TARDIS, and there is a new Time Lord Victorious Sonic screwdriver that will be featured within Edge of Time. Ooh. Fiendish, huh? They call it fiendish. Must be the master. What's fiendish? What's being called fiendish? A challenge. The ch- oh, oh, okay, I got you. I mean, I guess spoilers, but, you know. <laughs> Speculation, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I so mean, come cool. on. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't refer to the Daleks as fiendish. No, no the challenge within the game is fiendish. Uh-huh. And, and who do you think is going to be challenging you? <laughs> the Katura. <laughs> now, that, that would be more like, uh, you know, an epic challenge or a dangerous new challenge. Now, it's the master. They do use the word fiendish twice. That's how fiendish he is. <laughs> the definition okay, so. of fiendish is extremely cruel or unpleasant. Devilish. Also, extremely awkward or complex. So that could the be master. the Daleks. That could be the Daleks. No, <laughs> that's true. Extremely that awkward. Yeah, that could be the Daleks. No. Extremely awkward. They glide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I will grant you that that one Dalek from the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movie that spins around <laughs> in a circle and goes through the the, the the safety railing and down into the pit. You thought that, that was awkward. Dalek was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them are very graceful. <laughs> You've not lived until you've seen Swan Lank in the original Dalek. <laughs> what else we got, Keith? Well, speaking of Daleks, the original comic strips are 
in a reprint available now through Panini. Uh, and there's a digital version at Pocket Mag. So these are the original. It's a collector's edition of the 1960s comic strip. All 104 installments are available in a limited physical run or in digital copies. Ooh. I have it open right here, my copy on the desktop right now as we speak. <laughs> I figured you had purchased it. Yeah, it's not part of my subscription, unfortunately. You do have to buy it separate, but um, it was well worth it to have the reprints of these, although I think I have copies of the original version somewhere. Um, yeah, but these are nicely restored. Yeah, yeah, and these are the ones not that were... scans. These are the ones that were printed in uh, TV Century 21... Uh, magazine back in the day, comics back in the day, and uh, so yeah. If you've if you've never had a chance to read them, here's your opportunity to do so. Uh, there is a uh, newsstand version. I think it's already out in the UK. It's usually about a month behind here in the US. So if you're interested in waiting, you'll have to wait till December. Maybe put it on your Christmas list. I may want the uh, physical copy as well. It's really pretty. You I love, I love the cover. Gorgeous. Yeah, I love yeah. the cover. You could go out and get yourself some of those. Uh, uh, eight and a half by 11 uh, label sheets and print them off and make your own Dalek wallpaper. Oh, there you go. There Ooh. you go. That's what I'll do. The whole den. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Dalek comics. It would complement my uh, uh, Dalek comic book cover poster. Of course, it's not an actual mm-hmm. comic book. but Think how much that would pop, that really bright, colorful art on that with a, with a Dalek comic background, uh, you know, black and white background. Mm-hmm. Oh, these yeah. are these aren't even black and white. They're all color. Oh, they're not. Are yeah, they they're, all they're all color. color. Yeah, they're all ah, in color. I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were black and white. Nope. Every last one of them is in color. Well, all the better. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it all colorful. Make your den a little less drab. That's right. And what else? Last bit of news I had from Big Finish. Eric Roberts is returning as the master yet again. This time in his own series. So this will see us, oh, explain to us how he gets out of the Vortex and Eye of Harmony. Because previously he had returned, um, but it was a bit nebulous in the River Song box set. And he did a good job with He was in another, uh, wasn't and he in Rab- was Ravenous? I think he was in Ravenous as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, this would be cool. I'm, uh, And it, it seems to me that he will, when he escapes, he remains in this incarnation. So that's pretty neat. it would be interesting to find yeah. out what happens next. I'm sure it will be fiendish. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's in leather, though, so I don't think he's going to dress for the occasion. <laughs> you know, we've given Eric Roberts a lot of flack over the years for certain things that Maybe he's done that, you know, ways behaved, ways he's behaved, but I'm willing to give him, you know, a pass on those because he is embracing the doubt, the, the master again by, I mean, granted, he's probably making a buck off of this, but he's embraced Doctor Who again and he's doing something for the cause. So I, uh, I'm going to give him a pass on all those other times and, and uh, wish him well and, and success in this. And I myself will be lining up to listen to this when it releases next year. I, I uh, will too. I concur. Not just because you'll make me for podcast reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, wh- whatever my personal feelings about Eric Roberts, the actor, Eric Roberts, the master, I have always enjoyed his take on that character. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... 
a it's not only a unique take from the standpoint that I know some people who like to poo-poo the Doctor Who movie would be all, oh, Eric Roberts was, you know, no Anthony Delgado. Well, no, he wasn't. That was the point. You know, he 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 did it in his own way while still maintaining, I felt, a lot of the core attributes of what the master is as the character. So here, here. Yeah. I agree. Well, speaking of TV movie, should we move on to our review of the doctor that is featured in the TV movie and also featured <laughs> in this audio? Well, that was an awkward transition. Wow, that was a stretch. Uh, <laughs> a bit awkward. I started yeah. to panic just a little bit going, "Oh god, what did I not review?" <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know we're doing uh-huh. the we're doing the TV movie again this week, Sean? Well, good cuz I can talk about that all day every day. <laughs> that one you're familiar enough with. I was I was genuinely beginning to go maybe I didn't get my homework done. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy. From Big Finish Productions. Greetings citizens of Rex. We are the Daleks. We come in peace. Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious. The enemy of my enemy. You will be exterminated. Not until the Doctor has given us what we need. And what is that? Your help. What exactly do Daleks fear? That the changes will spread? That Skara will no longer birth your race? That you will cease to exist? And what do you observe, Doctor? Well, you know pretty much everything. I have a particular interest in new cultures and societies. The Raxians are an ancient civilization so i gather but you are new to me and that's very exciting we are one. i think i know what the devolver does you can't do this you can't the daleks the raxians and the time Lords. all their lives are now entwined and i can end them all in an instant big finish we love stories. Bum, bum, bum. This was a good uh, Bridging the Gap story. I really enjoyed this one. I, I agree. It's it's a it's a good bridging story to kind of get us from, you know, where we were to where we need to be. But I also felt like there was a lot of very enjoyable interactions between the Doctor and the Dalek strategist. Yes, yes, those two stole the show. Um, it was mentioned in the, the behind-the-scenes stuff that um, the Daleks kind of become the Doctor's companion for this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to write for Daleks, and they don't have the same level of witty repertoire that uh, <laughs> a companion would uh, would bounce back with. And yet, I kind of felt like Paul McGann rose to that challenge and delivered for both, because... <laughs> He would frequently talk to the Dalek and he would say something and the Dalek would give a standard Dalek reply. And then Paul McGann would come back with something. And and in some ways he was almost talking to himself because he knew what he was going to get out of this thing. And that just made it all the the better because, I mean, any excuse for more Paul McGann and I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was also times where the strategist also rose to the bait, which was really enjoyable, too. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of those that were they were good. Uh, I will confess that I found the the plot itself with, uh, with with who these aliens are to be a 
tad predictable. I kind of figured that out fairly early uh, as to who they were. Um, and I'm still confused over the idea of a Dalek executioner. <laughs> That to me sounds like an oxymoron. (laughs) It's just we we have one Dalek whose job is to kill people. Oh, (laughs) so then what's all the other Daleks' jobs? Well, and I I think maybe this will be divulged when we get to the short stories that come with the figures. But I think I read somewhere that the special weapons Daleks were refitted at this point in the Dalek Empire, and that's what became the Executioner Daleks, and this particular one is just one of many. <gasps> yeah. I, so you're saying i got to buy a Dalek Executioner box? <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. I, like I say, I can't remember where I read that, but it seems like it was legit, and so that might be you know something that uh, maybe that makes a Dalek Executioner a little more cool. <laughs> Now I'm trying oh, yeah, to find I didn't a picture say he wasn't cool. I just said he confused me. <laughs> um, I like this. In case you have my attention. <laughs> I like this story, too. There's there's very little doubt that I'm going to dislike a, uh, or a, there's very little doubt that I'm going to like a, a Dalek story for the most part. I think what I really like about this one is, is how Nicholas Briggs, and he has said in interviews that he doesn't record the Daleks separately. He records them all at the same time. And the man to give, be able to give so much difference in character to each of the different Daleks I mean, he already seems to do a good job of that whenever you have, you know, the different hierarchies of of Daleks within stories that we're familiar with. But when you get into something like this with the Time Squad and you have these very different styles of Dalek, I think he does such a good job in changing the voice to strategist. As soon as you hear him, you know who the strategist is, the executioner. As soon as you hear him, you know who he is, the commander. As soon as you hear him, you know exactly who he is. Now, the commander's more along the lines of his normal, I think, Dalek voice of of all of them, And, and the drones are as well, but it's just... It fascinates me to listen to him, especially when he's able to, because, you know, most of the times the Daleks don't feature as heavy as they do in this story. But there's a lot of Dalek in this story, so you really got to kind of soak up uh, Nicholas Briggs' uh, portrayal of them. And uh, that that was as, fascinate, as fascinating as, to me, as McGann's witty banter with them in the mm-hmm. in the story which i agree i would echo what you were saying sean that he's just he's so he gets so many great lines um that are almost at, at his own expense and for the benefit of himself <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> and i think that's really really well done what's also fascinating about the way nicholas briggs does it is the uh the strategist almost has a davros-esque sound to him mm-hmm. yeah there were sometimes I had to remind myself that that wasn't Davros. That was actually a normal Dalek. Yeah. You know, what's funny is my first thought when the strategist talked is I thought it was Davros. And then I began speculating that maybe Davros is the strategist that he's, you know, <laughs> pulling another remembrance of the Daleks where he's going to reveal himself at the end of the thing. So then to, again, from the the bonus features, to hear Nicholas Briggs describe it as I kind of went with a Michael Wisher, you know, gave him a little gravelly and was like, oh, you did this on purpose. So it's definitely not Mm -hmm. going to be Davros, but (laughs) certainly that was the inspiration. At least we picked up on it correctly. If we can trust the comics, when the casing is damaged, you see a Dalek inside there. So we knew all along that it wasn't going to be Davros unless he was really going, you know, a long way to try to convince us that he was a Dalek. 
Yeah. There's nothing that man does that would surprise me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that I, I think that's also a tribute to the story is that I I can be, despite what I know or what I think I know, that I can be that carried along and engaged with it right off the bat. Yeah. Because the strategist shows up, you know, pretty much immediately. And so then I'm on my back foot for the rest of the story. Yeah. So that's just a, it, it was a, it was a well-written, well-written, well-performed piece of work. I like the idea of the Raxians too, in the, mm-hmm. the concept of we are, it, it's almost what well, they, well, he, to, to, to coin a phrase that they said in the behind the scene interviews, um, you know, a species or a, 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 yeah, a species of people that th- their thing is cultural appropriation. They go through and they wipe out these other species and then collect all of their uh, history, all of their art, all of their, their stuff like that. And, you know, and, and to them, it's for the betterment of, of society and that their ancestors had set this forth, which was kind of, you know, the, the, the little nod back to, aha, okay, I see where we're going here and who these people are. Um, the other thing that I liked was the fact that we now kind of know possibly the origins of that de-evolution uh, device that the Master has in those two stories, in his, two, in his story, uh, Master Thief. Yeah. We presume because it's alluded to that this was, you know, once a great weapon of a uh, past civilization, and somehow he's taken it and de- and miniaturized um, and and is using at least a a, f- a form of that same technology now. So uh, we kind of get a hint of where that may, you know, or at least that's probably what the callback in Master Thief is referring to as this group of people. Yeah, that's definitely what I. I took away also, and it was cool yeah. that the, how they kind of took the the Katura and what they did and twisted it and turned it around into something that was almost positive. <laughs> you know, instead of just ending the lifespan of a certain species, they changed it and changed, evolved them so they could try having a second chance. Right, right. It's kind of while it was an evil thing to do and essentially commits genocide. It was still an, a, a, a different approach to the altruism as opposed mm-hmm. to the, the Katra just putting an end to things as they go along. And the fact that they even referred to the Katra as the bringers of life or something like that as yeah, opposed to yeah. the bringers of death. Right. Certainly a, a warped perspective on the past and the ancient times. Well, and the fact that, you know, then the doctor couldn't remember if they had died out or not. It's obviously, there's a lot of this influx and change because of whatever the doctor's doing back in the dark times. Right, right. It very much um, fell into the, you know, everybody is the hero of their own story. Yeah. Oh, and very much so, of, yeah. Kind of gave them that, that out, that no, 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 we're not doing anything monstrous. We're, we're, you know, we're giving people the opportunity to be better. Yeah. I think the only thing, and and I think it's because of the length this has to be, and we have to move the the plot along. But I think the only thing that I had a little bit of a problem with, and again, it it just had to be done this way to to advance the plot. But I think the doctor too easily persuaded um, the head uh, woman of the wax uh, the Raxians that what they were doing was wrong. I think it was too. I mean, yeah. he did have some leverage. <laughs> Uh, her not being able to use that while she was in the room, but having that conversation and then her agreeing to the terms, even though the Daleks, you know, go back on those terms 
and which in true Dalek fashion. Um, but I think that she she almost she almost turns too quickly to realize you know or she almost negotiates too quickly in my opinion. But again, it's a short story. It's not really long. It's what a little more than an hour, and you really have to advance the plot. So well, and that's something. If if I was going to complain, it would be the the idea that. The, the doctor reaches this peace accord. They're going to dismantle the gun. You're going to leave them alone. Okay. I'm yeah. going to go fiddle with my TARDIS. Dude, you know these people. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept waiting. I kept waiting for the shoe to drop that the Daleks were going to go and portray them and then find out that the DNA sample they destroyed was actually the Time Lord DNA and that the one that they were going to put into the machine was going to wipe the Daleks out. And he'd be, you know, because he's not going to condone the genocide of an entire race but if you blow yourselves up well i can't stop you you know i kept waiting for the 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 switch that he was gonna but nope they actually wiped this race out i was like oh i think though i think though what you're referring to could still happen there could be a switch on the doctor's part although it is an oversight on the doctor's part that he doesn't see uh what happens and how the daleks have basically stabbed the raxians in the back but there is still a chance that that might be a little slipperoo that later on that's his insurance policy is that he has switched the because when they get a hold of the they do actually get a hold of the weapon and he's not aware that they have it now so or at least we don't think he knows very true it was good. I I just it, I the 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 story clips along. There's a lot of little twists and turns and surprises, and uh, the performances are are fantastic in this. And I thoroughly I've thoroughly enjoyed everything that that Big Finish has done for for sure with their uh, portion of Time Look Victoria so far. And more Eighth Doctor is never a bad thing. Absolutely, I concur. All right. Well, should we move on to the next one, which is the. Tales of the Dark Times, Episode 3, from the Comic Maker app. I think that the, this one, probably we're probably doing this in the right order, because I get the impression that now that we're on our way to the Dark Times, this is probably where this takes place for the most part. I don't think in that the... the yeah. yeah, I don't think that the... Um, I guess they are, yeah, they are in the Dark Times in this. I don't think the little timeline that Doctor Who put out, it just has the Comic Maker app in one spot, but you've got to think that these this episode's different and happening at a different time than the other ones yeah and that timeline also i i'm sorry the dawn of the katra is at the very beginning of all of the universe before even you know the doctor goes back there so how was yeah i don't know if i necessarily agree with their well i don't know that one that one makes sense because that's the timeline from the beginning of the dark times. So they would be the first thing in that timeline. Yeah, I guess I would, I and would I, have created the timeline as an overall universe timeline, as opposed to splitting it up. Well, I don't, section. that's just it. I don't think that they could have because of how it's wibbly wobbly. So you have to kind of put, you have to put the Daleks first. And the reason you have to put the Daleks first is because of that message that's in that trailer, which by the way, we probably should watch <laughs> If you guys haven't seen it, I've actually seen it several times, but didn't even think about it being connected. And that the end of that is the Daleks sending the message to the Daleks, to the rest of the Daleks. And so I didn't even think about that when we were crafting this <laughs> together. So I think before, in fact, let's put that on the schedule for next week when we're, re- or not next week, but the, the next week that we get together. And we can do that along with the uh, first few Daleks uh, episodes. 
Um, but back to the uh, Comic Maker app, uh, Tales of the Dark Times. Um, what'd you guys think of this? I thought it was pretty good. They captured the Eighth Doctor's voice well, I think. I think so, too. Especially, again, yeah. was, again, for a little app where they're using elements that obviously they have some control over because they are the ones that, you know, created this app, whoever's writing the story, I'm sure, or putting it together anyway. But it's done in, in a, a really, for, for, for what this is, I'm very impressed with what they've been able to do with it. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, I, um, I I would have said that uh, for what it is, yes, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a fine little story. Um, it's probably the weakest installment, I think, of what the comic app maker has given us thus far. Um, it attempts to feel a little bit more like a comic book story. Yeah. And I think the limitations maybe of what, you can do with the comic app maker suddenly rear their head with how you can tell this particular comic story. And it, uh, it definitely feels like it's probably other than the fact that the eighth doctor and the Daleks are together. It's probably the least far removed from the overall time Lord victorious arc, because it's just kind of this little side story of what happens once they get there. And the idea is neat that there's this race that wanted to make sure that they're, uh, uh their memories would survive. Yeah. But no, beyond I, that. I think conceptually it's cool. I also like the idea that the, this is the first time we've uh, heard of here on energy since what was it? Runaway bride. The Rachnos was using here on energy in order to feed her children and bring, bring them back to the surface. So this is the first time we've heard of the Huron energy since then, which they, they state in this story that it's an ancient power source. Um, so another connection to the Dark Times and the Rachnos as well. Not that this is the Rachnos that was who left these data banks, <laughs> and uh, right. uh, but it, it clearly was something that more than one race was using during the Dark Times. I love a data bank. <laughs> I think I, I I thought this was for what they have. I think this was really really well done. I thought they they put together frame by frame. There's a, I mean there's some repetition here, but as you said, I mean that's kind of the limitation of the app. But I think overall I, everything they've done framed it really nicely. I think the weakest one so far has been the the first one, but I also give them a pass on that one because I think they were kind of getting their footing. Um, yeah, I would agree. There was a lot more story here than the first one. The first yeah. one was just, you know, the doc, Tent Doctor being weird. Even the second one doesn't have a lot of story. It's really kind of, um, I mean, there's, there's story happening there, but it, it's a lot of repetition. This one, at least, I think, has more of a concise storyline, and yeah. you know, it's it's bridged with a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, the others never really kind of felt like they had that to me. So I don't know. I give this one high marks, Sean. Must just be me then. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine too. Well, and while the the overall story doesn't necessarily tie into bigger things, I think it's a it's a well contained story. Yeah, it's an aside. I mean, yeah, there. Anybody that would pick this up would wonder why, because it doesn't go do a nice job of explaining why they're together. But people would maybe wonder why the doctor's working with the Daleks, I think, would be its only failure. Yeah. If, if you pick this up, you know, solo. Randomly on its own. Yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to Monstrous Beauty Part 3? End of issue two, I was kind of eh, on the fence about this story. And now, seeing this resolution... I wish there was more of it. I feel like there's so much more depth that could have been explored throughout all of this than the comic uh, medium could explore. It definitely, like if, if which this is was weird like when you audio or something. 
I, I, I do not disagree with you at all, but it's weird to say that because when dealing with vamp, you know, I mean, it, it, we're dealing with the dark times and the great vampires and bow ships and all this kind of stuff that to me screams, yes, make this a comic book because you can go nuts. And yet I, I, I 100% agree with you that they, I, it just doesn't feel like they hit the potential of the story. Well, let's give them a little bit of a pass because these are we keep we're loosely using the word comic book. These are comic strips, and these are comic these are comic strips that are found in a magazine. And this is this is these are we're not used to these, I don't think, because these are typical for Doctor Who magazine. These serialized type type of comics that, for the most part, are only about you know six to eight pages. Um, So it's not surprising to me that part two and part three were only eight pages. In fact, what surprised me was that the first one was sixteen, and it makes me wonder if they had decided that they pulled two together for the first one and made it because it's actually a supplement. So you have the book and then you have the comic separately. So part one is kind of its own little separate part. Um, but these are, these are more in the tradition of Dr. Who magazine where the comic, you know, is, is one of the featured article sections of, of the thing. So it, for, for what this is, they did what they could. And so I have to give yeah. them that much credit, but I agree that this almost would have worked better as a Titan story so that they could have done a little more of a long form, uh, you know, overarching story and give us a little more than what they did. Because this particular story, the, the third part where, w- though I still enjoyed it, it feels like it's in a rush to wrap itself up. And I think oh, that's, yeah. its, that's its biggest detriment. I was grateful mm. that the, as I said last week, that the Rose, the Rose situation needed to be resolved quickly and simply and i think it's it was done well enough in this one it maybe goes a little i i kind of didn't expect her to have gone you know full vamp um <laughs> like she does but i think that they satisfactorily explain how he's able to bring her back um, it also yeah. does a really good job of explaining why she may not necessarily be there in all flesh's grass did you guys happen to catch where the edit for this might be? While she's in a coma. Recovery. Yeah, so if you'll notice on the last, uh, second to last page, they have three frames of the Doctor. And in one frame, it's after she's, after they've escaped. And then as she, wa- you know, there's another frame where she's, there's like kind of this weird blood around, which the Doctor still looks very much the same, but it's almost like a rose has come in and out of coma you know, a few times. And then if you'll yeah. notice on the last one, he is a little worse for the wear. He's got, mm-hmm. his face is all smudged. His jacket is all tore up. So there's obviously been some passage of time here. And I'm wondering if those events and all the, all its flesh is grass will happen during these three panels here and in, in that interim there before we return, because she asks him, you know, you, you look bad. And he says, you know, it's, it's for another time. She kind of, brushes her off that he'll tell you know i'll tell you later (laughs) it feels like a bad dream that kind of thing and you know i'd originally i had written that off as to maybe she was in and out of the coma and in and out of vampire state that could be too yeah her off (laughs) oh well yeah that could be too but i i think i think your explanation actually makes a lot more sense yeah yeah, I really think that's where that that's going to have fit in there because I I think it would be maybe a tad fatal to have Rose as part of that story. Um, 
especially because we're dealing with the 10th Doctor and there's going to be some repercussions of him seeing her again. And it kind yeah. of messes things up with where they've established and where they've gone with the series on television. So I think it makes sense to sideline her for that story. And I think that works really well here. The other thing I wondered if you guys uh, noticed the third to last panel on the very far right in the uh, bushes observing is a figure. Oh, and it almost looks like the profile of the 10th Doctor. Yeah, it does. Viewing from afar. I didn't catch that. So, hmm. I didn't catch it either. Well, putting it in that perspective, it makes it the ending a bit more, you know, well, self-contained. When I finished it, I was like, but he's not going to go off with the vampires to go deal with whatever. And that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, I think that's where it happens. I hope there's a reference to Hector Jr. in the in the novel. What <laughs> <laughs> plant he has. So that would help. Yeah, uh, that would, that would help. Or even cemented even more so. Surprisingly to no one, Hector Jr. is an Audrey too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're not wrong, Glenn. I think the 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 comic strips are both uh, a source of, of great joy because, I mean, any, hey, cool, there's a comic book in this. You know, that's just, it, it, it's such bonus content already. And the fact that they've been an ongoing fixture in Doctor Who magazine for so long. Because you would kind of think that if, uh, you know, publication being what it is nowadays, that if you, you know, ever needed to save some money, what are you going to cut? Oh, well, I'm not going to pay anybody to draw this thing anymore. You know, we're, we're reading it for the articles, right? So the fact that it's still around is, is kind of reassuring. I, uh, I guess my frustration with it probably comes more from the standpoint that I'm used to the Panini Doctor Who magazine kind of specials yeah. um, that they would publish in the Doctor Who annuals. Yeah. And, and they were much more comic book-like. Yeah, where a little more robust, a, a little more A little more, yeah, robust is a good word. It's a little more of a complete story, and they would, uh, you know, give you a beginning, a middle, and an end. And uh, even if it was broken up throughout the annual, it was still, you know, still a thing. And, um, you know, I have the Dave Gibbons uh, collection of the Fourth Doctor stuff, and they're so incredibly short yeah. that when they, even stringing several of these things together it still feels like you're not getting quite the whole picture that you could. Um, and so I just, I don't know. I kind of felt like for, for, for time Lord victorious, if we're going to do it, let's go ahead and, 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 you know, Hey, maybe this is a 16 part story. Just kind of keep going with it for as long as you need to, to tell, uh, you know, if this is a big deal, you know, I mean, it's, it's the it's, vampires, it's I mean, the vampires. On. Right. I mean, and again, maybe I'm in the minority of people who I get real excited over state of decay. I think there's a lot of material there. That's like, yes, tell me more about this stuff. And now I finally got some about this stuff and it's like, Oh, that's it. Huh? Yeah. All right. Um, I think if so you, again, I think if you serialized, I think if you serialized it too far out though, it would get a bit, mundane and i think that i've read some doctor who magazine where during the eighth doctor run where they would drag storylines out several issues and i think that that to a point can get frustrating and, and frustratingly long too because it almost feels like they're kind of padding it so i think there's a happy medium between that and and maybe what we got in this somewhere in there as well 
See, and that's why I think it would be better served not in a comic form at all, uh, where a lot of the talking and exploring of the civilizations could have taken place where it wouldn't have felt like padding and wouldn't have felt drawn out. And it could have left a lot more to the imagination, I think. Well, what, what... Like the bow ships show up and I'm not that impressed by the look of them. And I've, I've, complained bef- I've complained before about how the look of the vampires that they've, well, it was nice that they started putting in a variety of them. I still would have liked to have had my own sort of imagination what they were going to look like as opposed to what they actually found up, wound up looking like in drawings. Well, I, so. think, I think Drogon is the epitome for what I've always imagined the vampires of ancient times looking Drogan like. Drogon looks great. Yeah. I like Drogon. Although the everybody else, it's, it's kind of... Uh, it's almost as though they've borrowed the Drogon design a little from uh, Dracula Untold because it's even got that same sort of armor that he wears in that as well. Yeah, yeah. And a little bit almost Castlevania. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah certainly. I was good with it. I mean, I, I the, the artwork's terrific. They did a good job on that. I think I think the story's well done. It just they, it felt like a rush to finish, and the yeah. res, the res, the doctor having kind of the the quick cure. I think was it was satisfactory, but it just seemed too quick. Well, and maybe too it comes Rogan too. Yeah, maybe too. It comes from the standpoint that we paired this with uh, Enemy of My Enemy, and which both of them feature a, a very quick turnaround of the villain. Yeah, that could be too. After getting a talking to from the doctor, uh, you know, as as part of their the resolution, so maybe that's part of it too. But I don't know. I it's nitpicky. I'll, I'll I will I will totally allow that it's nitpicky. And then yeah. again, for what it is, yes, the story was fine and it was an enjoyable romp. And we, you know, speaking of the, cured rose. Speaking so of good. speaking of the bow ships, they have although. This comes, the inconsistency comes from the fact that um, you've got two different companies that are that are imagining this, but the bow ships in this are drastically different than Ginny's bow ship in that uh, multi-doctor mm-hmm. story that we read a few years back, too. So maybe they have different classes of bow ships. Maybe that's the, we'll easy, way, that. that's the easy way to explain, hand wave that one off. Well, and they, they definitely mention that these are a new weapon in the war. Yeah, so these could, this could be an early design, type early yeah. design boat ships. Yeah. That's true. They haven't quite settled on them yet. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, anything else on any of these stories that uh, you guys want to follow up on, or should we move on to what's coming up on the schedule? Time Lord Victorious continues after these messages. <laughs> after a quick break. Um. Which, yes, if you've been following along with the schedule, you uh, might note that uh, we're going to be off next week. It is Thanksgiving week here in the States, and so we will be uh, taking a brief reprise from our uh, our podcasting duties. We promise a, a brief one this time out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one won't last eight months. Only one um, week. Only one week for, for Thanksgiving, and we will be back the following week. The plan, as of right now, for sure, is to review uh, uh, the animated Daleks. Uh, well, starting with the trailer. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then uh, Daleks episodes one and two of the animated series, uh, which should be out. There is a possibility of uh, throwing in uh, the Eagle Moss Hero Collector a short story, The Last Message, which would be packaged with the Dalek Emperor and Dalek drone figures, uh, depending upon, well, whether or not they ship them to us or not. <laughs> <laughs> whether they arrive in the mail. 
whether or not they arrive. So if you're going off of the schedule uh, that is posted currently to the website, uh, they are not. That story is not on there. Right. Uh, aired on the side of caution. Um, but uh, much like Time Lord Victorious itself, our schedule is subject to change. All right, and uh, you can see those changes um, happen uh, live as they do on our website at <laughs> travelingthevortex.com. <laughs> Where our um, uh, scheduling has taken on a, a bit of a uh, self-awareness anyway. Um, so be sure to check that out. If you get any value out of this podcast, uh, be sure to put some value back into it. You can do that by clicking on our patron link and consider supporting us. Thanks again to those of you that do. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review. We need five-star reviews. Why do we need five-star reviews? Well, because on your favorite aggregator, that will bump us up in the ratings. That will also bump us in the recommendations of Doctor Who story uh, podcasts that are out there. So five-star ratings. And leave a few words of encouragement, too, if you like us. Uh, make sure you join the conversation on our listeners forum and Facebook. Um, Jamie, who is becoming now our Facebook uh, liaison and correspondent, is really driving some great topic discussions on there, guys. So get on there and chime in. Uh, let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. Uh, anything else that we need to touch on this week, guys? All right. I don't believe so. If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Happy Thanksgiving. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.